This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Ruchim Habaim. Ruchim Habaim, Mashem Hashem. Chodesh Tov, everyone. Aguten Chodesh. Rosh Chodesh Elo. Rosh Chodesh Elo is the beginning of our journey. The beginning of the journey of Teshuvah. We want to welcome everybody who has come this evening to be mechazek Gan Yeladim, to be mechazek Chinuch Yisrael, to be mechazek Yaldei Yisrael. What better way could we kick off Chodesh Elul? You know, Rav Moshe Feinstein says, Elul, Rosh Tevot. Umal Hashem es, levavcha ve'es, levav zarecha. Says Rav Moshe, don't think in Elul you're going to go to shul, you're going to say slichot, you're going to hear the shofar, and your children are going to be at home. Es levavcha, but don't forget levav zarecha. What better way to start Chodesh Elul than to be mechazeh, not just levavenu, but levav zarenu. Rav Joey sang, ki karove lecha. Shuva is very easy, very close, very near. But sometimes we feel it's very far, it's very distant, it's removed. One time there was a great rabbi, Rabbi Shlomo Hoffman, he was in the Hebron Yeshiva. It was in Chodesh Elul. He looked very down, he looked very depressed. Rabbi Cheskel Sarna came over to him. He said, why are you so down, why are you so depressed? He said, what do you mean? It's Chodesh Elul. And Chodesh Elul, we got to do tshuva. The Rambam says, God has to testify that you'll never do the sin again. Daunting. Rabbi Cheskel Sarna, Rosh Hashiva of Hebron said, who says we follow Rambam? Lechumra, we go like Rabbeinu Yonah, lekulau. He said, what are you talking about? Rabbeinu Yonah says to do tshuva, you just need to do one thing. Tshuva means you were on the wrong path, you do an about face, and now you're headed on the right path. So the guy is in Yerushalayim, he's heading to B'nai Brak. So somebody says, how far is B'nai Brak? So, the, 60, 60 miles. So the guy goes 60 miles, nowhere near B'nai Brak. He goes 70 miles, nowhere near B'nai Brak. He goes 120 miles. They say, pal, you're in Mitzvah Rimon. They told me 60 miles only to B'nai Brak. He said, yeah, you're supposed to make a right turn. He made a left turn. He does an about face. Now he's Karov L'B'nai Brak. Why? Because he's headed there. That's the Avodah of Chodesh Elul. We're not going to change in one day and in one month. But we can make one important change. That's Karov Elecha. We head in the right direction. That's what we're here tonight. To be inspired by the Zmirot, by the Shvachim, by the beautiful singing of Rab Joey, and we put ourselves in the right direction. And then Kikarov Elecha Hadavar Me'od. Ah, 
Beto, 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 Beto,
morning, we're going to say in Hallel, Loi Hamesim, The dead cannot praise Hashem. No kidding, the dead can't praise Hashem. The dead can't eat hamburgers. The dead can't play ping pong. The dead can't do anything. Why Loi Hamesim, Every day we say, Bechol Hachayim, The living, thank Hashem. The living can do everything. Why Dafka thank Hashem? From here we see that thanking Hashem is not something we do. It's the very definition of life. The definition of living is thanking Hashem. Chazal tell us, why are the Rishayim called Meitim even B'chayehem? Because they wake up in the morning and they see the sun and they don't thank Hashem for the sun. The definition of life is thanking Hashem. You know the story about Usher? Usher fell on very hard times. Usher had five daughters over 28 years old. He couldn't get them out of the house. He couldn't marry them off. He has a chavruta. The chavruta needed a loan. The chavruta borrowed money. The bank said we need collateral, we need arev. So Asher's house became the collateral. The friend couldn't pay back. They took away Asher's house. Can't marry off his daughters, he doesn't have a house. Asher didn't know what to do. They said, go to the base Yisrael, go to the Gera Rebbe. So what's the Gera Rebbe going to do for me? He goes to the Gera Rebbe, the Gera Rebbe said, Asher, do you pray? Asher said, sure I pray. I ask Hashem every day, I need money, I need zivugim tovim. The Gera Rebbe said, yeah, but do you thank Hashem? He said, Rabbi, I have problems in life. What do you mean do I thank Hashem? I ask Hashem to help me. What do you mean do I thank Hashem? Beis Yisrael said, let me teach you a formula on how to pray. 60% thanking, 40% asking. And that was the end of the conversation. Usher was very angry. The rabbi doesn't understand my problems. I need things. What what am I supposed to thank Hashem for? He tells his friend, his friend says, you have food? You have food. Do you thank Hashem for your food? You have a mouth to chew the food? You have a bed to sleep on? You have shoes to wear? You have oxygen to breathe? You have a wife? You have children? Why don't you thank Hashem more? The next day was Rosh Chodesh. And he realized in Rosh Chodesh, how many times do we say, Six times. How many times do we ask Hashem, Hashem Four times. That's where the proportion comes from. Hallel. 60% thanking Hashem. 40% asking Hashem. You want to get what you need? You need a paradigm shift. You need to change your outlook. We need to say,
on me every time I sing this song, it's going to be all Because I'm going to try to sing it 60 times. And he says to one of the officers, maybe you could give me one of the king's golden vessels and I'll give the king my gift. What? Sure. My what? Vessels. Kalim. So the man takes his potato and his lentils and his onion and he puts it in the king's golden vessel and he brings it before the king. And the king says... How dare you? I'm very honored you're giving me your prized possessions. But the first thing you need to say is, King, I'm giving you a gift in your vessel. Don't make believe that this belongs to you. Before we pray, we need to recognize that everything we're offering to Hashem, we're putting it in the vessel Hashem gave us. You know what that is? Ka'ach adibor, the ability to speak. The ability to speak is a gift from Hashem. It's the kli that Hashem gives us. So before we start the Shemona Esrei, we say, God, one thing I want to let you know. Whatever I'm about to say, I'm giving it to you in yours. Hashem, Sefatai Tiftach. God, you open up my mouth. Upi Yagiti Lasecha. And only then I can begin to speak. 
because I beseech of you that my thoughts are mine, but the ability to speak is the vessel that you have given me. And on the Yamim Noraim, before the Chazan begins his real bakashot, he beseeches Hashem, Achila lakel achale panav, eshalam imenu ma'anel Hashem.
Nachman and Rabbi Chesko Sarna. digs wells and the Pelishtim come the Philistines come they stuff up the wells he digs the wells again they stuff them up he digs it again and finally Eureka they stay what do I need this story for? is this an important story? Yitzchak digs, digs wells and they're stuffed up and he digs wells and they're stuffed up says the Chafetz Chaim in life, in Ruchniyot, in spirituality, you're not always successful in the beginning. It's not always going to work in the beginning. So either you could throw in the towel, or you could say, you know, I'm going to try it again. And if it doesn't work the second time, you know, Reb Chaim Kenevsky made a siyam on Kala Terakula every single year. But you think the first time he tried, he was able to do it? He was not able to do it the first time. And he tried again, and he couldn't do it the second time, the second year. He tried a number of times until finally, he got it down. The Medrash tells us that when Moshe Rabbeinu put up the Mishkan for seven days, the Shekhinah did not come down until the eighth day. He put it up, he took it down. He put it up, he took it down. He put it up, he took it down. So the question is, why... Did Moshe put up the Mishkan this way? He put it up, he took it down, he put it up. Moshe Rabbeinu, the greatest man who ever lived, is showing us. Sheva Yipal Tzadik Vakam. Even for him, it took seven times, and only then it would work. It didn't work the first time, it didn't work the second time. You tried Kenyan Masechta, the first time it didn't work, the second time it didn't work, you tried this shiur, this minyan, this seder, try again, try again, try again. It's going to work. Sheva, Yipal, Tzadik, Vakam. That's the way life works. You got to keep at it. Those who are successful at anything in life, they never throw in the towel. I'm
Oh, well, how about I put the other side? Can you? 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 Can We want to be mavarech. We want to give a special blessing to all the teachers for our Moshe Nefesh day and night to raise the next generation of Klal Yisrael. Hashem should bless them with good health, with nachas from their children. They should walk all the kindleth down to the chuppah. They should see Bonim of Nevonim, Oiskim Atar, Vamitzvah, all the tours should be Neskabel, Barachamim, Baratzoid, Yamali Hashem, Kalmashalis, Lubchem Latoiva. It's the dream of every parent to see Nachas the Kedusha from their children. So the question is the question is, what can we do as an insurance policy? To see Nachas the Kedusha from our children. They once came to the Briskarov. The Briskarov, like no other Rosh Yeshiva, you know, in Eretz Yisrael in the 50s and the 60s, many, many Rosh Yeshiva had children that went off. The Briskarov was Kemat, the only one, that all of his children were Yireim Mishlemim. They asked the Briskarov, Noah, what's your secret? Says the Briskarov, secret? There are no secrets! There's only Tehillim and Demois. Says the Briskarov, you know, many parents, you know, in America, you rock your kid to sleep, they sing ridiculous nursery rhymes about children rolling down a hill and becoming decapitated. <laughs> Says the Briskarov, when I rock my children to sleep, I'm mispalel that they should grow the Torah of Iraq. Says Abriskarov, never in my life did I dive in one dry-eyed Shmona Esrei. Every Shmona Esrei was Yorei Dimaot, that my children should be Yorei Shamayim. They once asked the Chafetz Chaim, Chafetz Chaim, how did you become the Chafetz Chaim? <laughs> the Chafetz Chaim showed the tear-drenched Tehillim of his mother. This was a this is this is a secret. This is my favorite all-time Gadol story. They came to the Stipler Gaon. They said, Stipler Gaon, please teach us a technique to be zocha to have nachas from our children. The Stipler said, There are no techniques. There are no tricks. There's only tefillah. You see my little chayimol over here. Every day I daven chayimol should be a yirei shamayim. Chayimol was already 52 years old, one of the Gedolei Hadar. And the stipler continued to pray every single day that Reb Chaim should be Yerei Shamayim. You want to know where Reb Chaim Kenevsky came from? The tefillot of the stipler. Now we think you need to pray, you need to daven, you know, once a month, once a year, Erev Rosh Chodesh Sivan, maybe Friday night. You know, Mishnah Bura brings from the Shlach HaKadosh. There are three key parts of the tefillah that you should put great emphasis to daven for your children. Number one in Berchat HaTorah, V'niyeh Anachnu V'tze'etza'enu. Number two in Ahavat Olam, V'ten B'libeinu Bina Lahavinu Lahaskel. And number three at the end of Uval Sion, Leman Loniga Larik Lonele Labahala. 
Says the Mishnah Brura the following: La Oilam Yehei Shagur Befi Avaim Tfila Al Benehem Sheyu Lomdei Torah Balei Midot Yirat Shamayim. You know how often you have to pray for your children the entire day. You drive them to school, you drive them to the store, you take them home. The whole day you're davening for your children. And then we are vouchsafed. We will see Nachat de Kedushah, Dezrat Hashem, from our children will be Zoha, Liros, Dezakeni, Legadel, Banim of Nevanim, Meirim et Olam, La Torah, with a Ma'asim Tobin.
this year, this coming year, is the year of Shabbos. It's the year that Rosh Hashanah falls out on Shabbos. And there's an amazing observation. The best years for the Jewish people are the years that Rosh Hashanah falls out on Shabbos. That's the year Chal Yisrael went into Eretz Yisrael. It's the year Hashem forgave us for the Ega. All the good things happen in a year that Rosh Hashanah falls out on Shabbos. On the other hand, it was the best of times and it was the worst of times. Because the first base Hamikdash was destroyed in a year that Rosh Hashanah fell out on Shabbos. The second base Hamikdash was destroyed in a year that Rosh Hashanah falls out on, fell out on Shabbos. Why? But one thing we know. When Rosh Hashanah falls out on Shabbos, big stuff happens. Because on the Yom HaDin on Rosh Hashanah, what are we going to do? So we need an advocate. We need a defendant. That's the shoifar. But we can't blow the shoifar when Rosh Hashanah comes out on Shabbos. So who's going to defend us on the year that Rosh Hashanah comes out on Shabbos? You know the story of the guy. There were two criminals. Two criminals that were facing federal court case. Nobody wanted to defend them. The wife of the first guy said, I'll defend you, I'll come to court. And she came to court and she bailed him out. And she said, Judge, my husband, he's a good man. He's a good father. He's a good husband. And the judge had rachamim. If the wife speaks good about the husband, the husband's off the hook. The second wife comes in. She says, my husband, he's a good man, he's a good father. But she comes in, she has black and blue marks all over her face. She's beaten. Somebody beat her. And the judge says, what happened to you, lady? And someone in the back says, her husband beats her. Not only did this guy not have a good advocacy, this guy was in hot water. On a year that Rosh Hashanah comes out on Shabbos, we don't have a shoifar, but we have our dear wife. Who are the Jewish people married to? Shabbos. So if Shabbos is in good condition, if we observe the Shabbat, if we await the Shabbat, if we learn Torah on the Shabbat, Shabbat comes in, it's the best year of your life. But if Shabbat comes in and she's bruised and she's beaten, then Shabbat is not necessarily a good advocacy. You know, we're going to sing about Yushalayim. We know after 120, one of the big questions, oh, one of the big questions that they ask, did you await the coming of Mashiach? Friends, let me ask you a question. When are you supposed to await Mashiach? Like, when's the time? What, what's the Zman? What time during the day? What time during the week? You ever notice in Kabbalat Shabbat there are ten stanzas and it barely has anything to do with Shabbat? What is it about? It's about rebuilding Yerushalayim. It's about restoring Malchut Beit David. It's about restoring Nevuah. It's about the expansion of Yerushalayim. Why don't we talk about Shabbat? Why do we talk about Yerushalayim? Friends, you ready for the secret? Shabbat in time is Yerushalayim in space. Shabbat is the Yerushalayim of the week. 
as you await for Shabbat, that is the time to be mitzapeli Yeshua. The entire Lechadodi is all about being mitzapeli Yeshua. That's the definition of Shabbat. Did you know that the first Beit HaMikdash and the second Beit HaMikdash were destroyed? Motzo'e Shabbat. Because they can only be destroyed, says Maral, when you're moving away from Shabbat. When you're moving toward the Shabbat, that's the time for Binyan Beit HaMikdash. So whenever we are Mitzapel Legula, we are living the Shabbat any day of the week. And we should be Zocheh in the Zuchot of us coming together tonight. Timechazek, Chinuch Yisrael, Yadei Yisrael. We should be Zocheh to be asked, Goel Tzedek, Vimher V'yaminu, Amen. Amen.
Just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.